Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to part two of this week's episode. Part two. This week, du. This week we're talking about... That was two. Yeah, part two. As in number two. <laughs> the shitter. Uh, this week we're covering the best picture of 1977 Academy Awards. And uh, if, you, uh, if you haven't listened to part one... Go ahead and, and just just pause it. It's fine. It's cool. You can go back and listen, catch up on on where we're at, uh, and and see where where we got to this point in in the episode. Yeah, we won't be upset if you haven't seen part or if you haven't listened to part one yet. Um, we'll except be, you, you, yeah, that you. person, you right there. You know who you are. You. Either way, we'll be here when it's you okay, get back. Though. It's okay. We'll still love you. We want you to communicate with us on Twitter at Switch Envelope. Or on Instagram at switch the envelope, and we'll judge your tweets. We'll judge your tweets. Yeah, we'll still be here if you want to go back and listen to that episode. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's cool. Um, <clears throat> Anytime you're feeling down, we are here for you. But we're gonna go ahead and just get get right into it, and uh, let's go ahead and recap uh, the nominees for Best Picture, 1977. Corey, what are those nominees? Uh, Rocky. Rocky. All the President's Men. Sexy. Bound for Glory. Don't know it. Network. And Taxi Driver. Awesome. All of them are great movies, even Bound for Glory. I'm sure it's a great film. Uh, at the end of last week, we, uh, or not last week, at the end of the part one episode, we... Well, last work week. No, not even <laughs> that, because this is only like three days later. It's a work week. This is people are mostly listening to this on Friday, Friday morning. I don't know about your work. Thursday weeks. morning. Oh, Thursday morning. <laughs> Shit. It's Thursday morning is coming out. Uh, at the end of part one, we added a couple alternates that we felt from 1976 pool of movies that could be contenders, potentially, that we're gonna add to this uh, and run through our metric. Uh, those movies included Marathon Man, uh, the Dustin Hoffman film. Yes, great movie. Uh, Carrie. Because it goes on and on and on and on. Get it? Oh, yeah, man, yeah. It goes on and on. I, I shouldn't do these shows sober. <laughs> Is that vodka and cherry Coke? <laughs> um, Carrie, the Sissy SpaceX classic horror film. Wonderful movie. Uh, I mean, it's so good. Do we do we call it horror? It's like a horror. It's like a suspense thriller. Well, it is Su- suspense. Supernatural I don't thriller. ever think of it as being horror, though. Yeah, I mean it's not like a it's not like a monster movie. No, it's not a monster movie. It's not it's not a uh, what's it called it's not a slasher film. No, it, it's a suspense thriller. Maybe? Yeah, I mean Stephen King films are, you know, they're they are thrillers. It's not. I mean, the, you wouldn't call Sh- The Shining a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, some people probably would. But there's I, some parts I, of it that are pretty terrifying. But yeah, but it's a thriller, man. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Psychological, psychological thriller. Uh, and then the last one we're adding as an alternate is The Last Tycoon. Yeah, Last Tycoon, which a lot of people did not see. A lot of people did not no. see that that year. It didn't. It, it didn't. Wasn't in the top ten. It only grossed one point eight million dollars. 
very low for the and I think that's probably this that's probably the amount of money that De Niro made to make the film. Uh it cost five point five to make the film. Yeah. So no, I'm saying that's how much they gave De Niro Yo, yeah, to yeah, be in the yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. They they made his salary back. Exactly. You know, Tony not to Curtis. Mention Tony Curtis and, ca- and cameo Robert Mitchell. is not covered. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, th- those are the list of movies uh, that we're going to run through a metric. Let's go and explain real quick the metric that we're going to be using, um, our standard metric, now that we're doing Best Picture again. Yeah, standard metric. For we have, rating. And just so you know, we we don't change our metric ever, except when we've changed our category. That's the only time we'll see a different metric. All mm-hmm. the, metric, the metrics stay the same. We've always had the same Best Picture metric. The Best Picture metric is based on five fingers. If a movie has... A compelling story, if a movie is timeless, if the movie is well cast, if the movie holds up to multiple viewings, and if you would recommend the movie. Yes. And so um, when we when we look at this metric, basically it is on a five finger system. It is on a five finger system. If Corey gives it five fingers and I give it five fingers, we've agreed, and the movie has five fingers. If Corey gives it three fingers and I give it two fingers, we give it a we give it three and a half fingers. It may not be it may not be exact, but you know what? It's our way, and if you don't like it, don't give a fuck. Because all we care about is talking about movies. So if you guys don't agree with what we're talking about, it's totally cool. Keep the discussion going. Keep the discussion going with us. Hit us up on our Instagram. Hit us up on our Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook, wherever, and keep it going. And and we'll go on and on and on on Twitter and Instagram if you want to continue this conversation. Disagree with us all you want. Uh, let's get into it. Exactly. So first, first film, which, which you want to go? You want to just go with the winner? Let's go with the winner. Right let's off with, the bat? Let's go with Rocky. Going with Rocky. Give it a one-two punch. So, yeah, give it the old one-two punch. All right. I, I really feel like we should give this no fingers so that it's just a fist. Yes. That'd be five fingers, <laughs> it man. It would be no fingers because they would be clenched in a tight fist. No, actually, this is a really good film. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a good sports movie. It sort of, you know, starts the cliche of what sports movies are. You know, it, it's the the guy that... Or the team that um, is the unlikely hero, the underdog story, you know, and through, you know, a lot of hard work and perseverance, they, you know, become that elite level. Now, whether they win or lose is, you know, depending on, you know, the movie and what, you know, makes sense uh, thematically. In this particular movie, Rocky does not win at the end, but it it doesn't, that's not the point. Him winning was not the point. Him becoming that level of a boxer and standing his ground and earning the respect of, you know, Apollo Creed is the point of that movie, you know. Is also great about this movie is that when it came at the time it came out, Talia Shire, the the actress who's playing uh Adrian, mm-hmm. is really the only known actress at the time. Right. She was Godfather. in Godfather mm-hmm. and Godfather 2 by this time. Mm-hmm. She was a known actress. Really, Sylvester Stallone had not been in that many movies. He was not a well-known name. Was he? He was doing the Kevin Costner route. That he had been. He was doing some porn. He done porn, <laughs> right? Yes. He he was. Uh, man, give the guy a break, man. He's a, he's a, a muscular gentleman, you know. <laughs> yes. Um. I, no judgment. That's just what he was doing. Those are facts. These are facts. <laughs> just you know, he he did he did a, a one or two porn films. <laughs> You know, he's trying to make making his way downtown. 
<laughs> like that Michelle Branch song says. <laughs> um, let's let's run through, through the. And he uh, was doing softcore. Well, yeah, like you know, it's the stuff that gets put on paid cable to television. Exactly, he was doing the party at Kitty and Studs. Which came out in 1970. You know, you put the word stud in a movie title, you can't go wrong. Yeah, Kitty and Studs, man. All right, let's put Rocky. This was his uh, first film that he wrote and, you know, like, was his pet project. They didn't want to cast him in this movie, and he fought to be cast in this movie. And it made all the difference. It made Best Picture, you know. Um, By the way, I think think the character of Joey and Friends is supposed to be... Uh, Rocky modeled after Sylvester Stallone before he oh, made Rocky. Sylvester was, Stallone in general. Yeah, he was supposed to be an off-Broadway actor <laughs> who who was who was had done a softcore porn. Right. He was a struggling actor. I think he's supposed to kind of. I think that's where that's. Well, Joey never Italian. wrote a Best Picture winner, yeah, did he? No. <laughs> um, would you consider this film time? Okay. Well, the okay the, because these movies are. These are older films. O- older All films. Of these I think films. we we need to sort of uh, change our way of thinking about this first rating system. I think this is the category. best way of looking at timeless because we know for a fact if these movies are timeless. Well, yeah, okay. I, I think this this goes into more of like, would you consider this movie a classic movie? Like, yeah, we're not going to change it, but like that that would be the the qualification. Okay, there is a damn statue of yeah. this of this movie in Philadelphia. Okay, right. yes, it's a timeless movie. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. I, <clears throat> I'm just saying, like, we we need to be aware, like, of being too too critical of being like, oh, it's a real dated film, you know. Well, yeah, of course, it was made in 1976, but I think, and we're looking at it from way way beyond. You it's know. a classic; it holds up. I would agree with you. I think it is a very timeless timeless film. The themes in it are very timeless. Um, it's you know, it looks like there was something about this era of film. Every single one of these movies. Looks like they shot from the same film stock, and it's all like they all have the same kind of grain and look to them. But you know, all these films, for some reason, I don't know, the films before it don't work, and then some of the films after it don't work. But when you watch the films from the seventies, the way they're shot are still fun to watch. Yes, that's why I can still watch The Godfather. Yeah, Godfather's film is filmed in seventy two. But they they all kind of look the the same. It, it's weird. Like there's a very specific film look to the '70s cinema. Yeah, and then Star Wars falls under this too. It, was it does the year a- yeah. the year after. So uh, you know, like we we can't we can't allow ourselves to be hung up on the fact that they all like just look dated as as motion pictures. I agree. We sort of pull beyond that. You know, there there might be some films that actually do you know feel dated. Um, not very many on this list, I don't think, will fall into that category. Um, Rocky's not one of them. Ro- Rocky is a, is a timeless classic. No, it's great. Absolutely. Great. Uh, was the story compelling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This story was so compelling that it became uh, the highest grossing movie of 1976 yeah, as well. Yeah, and it won the Academy Award over films that were are still considered some of the best, best films of the 70s. Not yes. just that year, the, yeah. entire, uh, the 70s. Uh, yes, absolutely. It, it's compelling. The, the the story really taps into that, you know, like every it's, man. It's also been remade by other films over and over and over. Every single movie that you see that's a sports film is trying to duplicate Rocky. It, it is it is one of those where, um, you know, you go back and watch it now and it might feel a little cliched. But you have to realize that, like, no, it, it sort of invented some of those cliches. So... <clears throat> 
you know, you have to view view that within the context of when it was made and what kind of, you know, things it was doing differently from the way films had been done like it previously, you know. And in that way, you know, it's 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 really good. It's a compelling film. Uh, was the movie well cast? Yes, but I think what's great about this film is like is the same thing that's great about Star Wars is that when it was cast, it was cast by relatively unknowns. It did not have people who were famous at the time. In fact, the movies that were famous had famous people at the time we talked about in the last episode, which were Midway. Mm-hmm. You had, I mean, you look down the list of that movie and you have Charlton Heston, you have Henry Ford, Henry Fonda, Henry Fonda. Mm-hmm. Ford. He was making. He, he was, was making, making cars. cars making cars. Starring in Midway. <laughs> no, but you have movies like that, or even mm-hmm. um, even the other one we had put on this list, The Last Tycoon. Mm-hmm. It is chock full of stars. It's got a lot of stars of the day. Didn't yeah. make any money, and nobody stars. went and saw it. No, it didn't. No, but this movie has mm-hmm. relatively unknown actors right. and actresses, with the exception of Tali Shire at the time, and they are all they all just made this great movie, and all of them are famous after this movie. Yeah, I mean, I would say, Paul. <clears throat> I, I, like, I'm inclined to, to give it only half a point because of... You want Richard Pryor to play Apollo? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, there's a charm to the sort of amateur actors as feeling like, you know, sort of the regular people. But the performances from some people are hot and cold. You know, including Sylvester Stallone himself in this movie. You didn't like Frank Stallone Jr. or Frank Stallone playing the 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 doo-wop singer on the corner? I, I'm not a hundred percent with this cast. Okay. Especially could, No, that's fine. That's I could see that. Especially considering the other movies um that came out this year that are that are stacked, that just nailed an ensemble, nailed, you know, a, a whole cast list front to back, and you don't notice very much weakness but remember these guys this movie was not stacked and yet the acting in it is so great the other ones are stacked and they needed those stacked casts somehow to pull off what they pulled off this one did not have that i see what you're saying a great film i see what you're saying but i'm I'm still not a hundred percent sold on the cast as being like a you know a fully formed awesome cast what where do you think where do you see some some weakness in the cast well, because I, I don't see any weakness in this cast. I don't see Apollo is Muhammad Ali. I mean, he is. That's the character he's playing. He's great. He's, and in fact, at this Academy Awards, Muhammad Ali and Sylvester Stallone they sparred on stage. <laughs> great moment. Great moment in Academy Award history. I, I think. I mean, if we're if we're dipping into sort of our actor metric, like, could this movie have been made better with like replacing Stallone? I agree a little bit with the studio here that like maybe Stallone, he's he nobody could have oh no yes, no no yeah yeah you could have you could have cast somebody who's really really has a depth to character building. Stallone is kind of just he's kind of just playing himself <laughs> in a way. I, I don't I don't know like the. He's he him okay. So his acting, the story, like okay, it's it's hard because the story itself, the the trials, the tribulations, the working, all the kind of stuff work because most of that that meat of it is done in like training montages 
and fight sequences where he doesn't have to be no, Rocky. No, that is, no, that is, you're getting it mixed up with the sequels. Yeah, sure. Cause I'm positive. Rocky does not have very much, there's almost no training sequences or even f- there's a big fight scene, but most of this is done through acting. Hmm. The majority of this movie is done through him, his uh, arguing with, you know, his trainer having his scenes with Talia Shire, mm. having his scenes on the docks where he's being told he's getting fired for not breaking legs. There's so much in this film that's him just acting. The sequels are different. The sequels are all him training, him going into the ring. Mm. It's all about that. This is all him acting. This is him at the zoo trying to trying to break through the the weird kind of awkward dating that he's doing with Talia Shire. Right. It's also talking with his relationship with Polly who is who is Adrian's uh, Adrian's brother, and he hates him. He hates uh, Rocky, and they get in fights inside the house. It's all different. It's all different acting sequences that are happening all over the city. It's not about. It's not really about the ring. In fact, when you watch Rocky, the first one, only the first one, most of it does not take place in a ring. That's why I say the right. first one is very different from the sequels. True. Yeah. I. I don't know. I just. It's not. It's, it's not, not even a, about the boxing, but it's, really. It's not as consistent as the from an acting standpoint. It's not as consistent throughout the entire film. I think it, I, I I disagree. I think it's it's very consistent. Right, agree to disagree. So half a point. Okay. Uh, does it hold up to multiple viewings? Yeah, I've you, I, you know how many times I've seen this film. I, I've I've seen it a few times as well. Yeah, I would say it definitely holds up to multiple viewings. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a really like it like I said the story is so is such a, like an inspiring story that my my small little quibbles over like, oh, okay, that scene probably could have been better, like really they took that take. Um you sort of get washed away by, you know, the sort of inspirational story of the Italian stallion becoming, you know, um, this this guy who could hold his own, who nobody expected could, you know, yeah, accomplishing, you know, what nobody thought he should be able to do. <clears throat> that helps sort of supersede my my issues with some some of the the sort of amateurish acting choices that that happen. Um, but absolutely, you can watch this multiple times and be inspired every time, you know. Uh, and finally, would you recommend this movie? I would. If somebody told me they had not seen Rocky, it would be the same thing as not seeing, I don't know, it would be the same thing as not seeing what we've always said before, like not seeing Schindler's List, not seeing Godfather. Some of these movies that are so pop culture heavy, you have to see Rocky. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think the um, the sort of cultural impact of this movie alone is one where, like, oh, this is just a movie that everybody has to see. You have to see this movie yeah. because of the cultural impact. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those where, you know, like, if you never watch another sports movie, the only one you should have ever watched is Rocky. You know, it's the only one you need to watch, and you, you know every other sports movie from <laughs> from that point forward. You know, they're all just, like you said, they're just trying to be Rocky. Um, it would, yeah, it's definitely one that you recommend it, and, and are surprised if somebody, uh, who, you know, considers himself a, a film fan hasn't seen it. You're like, what? <laughs> you haven't seen Rocky? You know, like 
you like films, right? <laughs> Not just that, but I mean, they have the Sylvester Stallone was also an under, underdog story because he himself was broke, right? You know, so watching this, you have to see the underdog story of this film when you are wanting to. That's the whole. That's the whole joy of seeing this film. So if you haven't seen this film, you need to be able to see the whole joy of the underdog story. And Sylvester Stallone himself was on it. Was broke. He was a director and not director. Sorry, he was broke. He was a new writer. Mm-hmm. He was trying to write his own film. He did the same thing that Matt Damon and ben Aff- and Ben Affleck did. And it's so fun to see this movie and to see him at the at the pinnacle of his success at the time Mm -hmm. and it's fun to see that yeah so if you haven't seen it this is kind of what i would suggest like you have to see this this is at the beginning the apex of his career you have to see that yeah but you can definitely see the the difference in this stallone (laughs) what do you mean Compared to, uh, you know, like one, once Stallone like became a name and started acting more regularly and like did, you know, started doing, you know, better, uh, better, bigger projects and stuff and developing his style, like the Stallone style, you can see a very different Stallone happening in Rocky. Um, than, I actually like, think he was a better than, actor in than Rocky. Like cliffhanger. Well, no, no, no. I was gonna say, once he, I'm, I'm not saying he's. <clears throat> He's gotten better. I'm saying like he defined more of like this is the way Stallone acts. Yeah, in all movies. of his movies went to becoming but action Ro- films where Rocky, he didn't yeah. really act. But in Rocky, he's still trying to act. He's trying, and you can see him trying, and that's where I have some of the problems with it, is seeing him try, but it is more convincing than subsequent roles. You know, like him in this movie as opposed to him in Cliffhanger. <laughs> You know, that's not fair to compare it to Cliffhanger. I'm just that saying, was like 20 years later. I'm just and- saying that, like, you know, there's, but Cliffhanger is like, if you want to see a movie that's like, what is Stallone like in a film? Cliffhanger is Stallone in a film. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Okay. Uh, so that gives him four and a half fingers. Rocky is four and a half. Four okay. and a half fingers. Next film. Uh, decent, decent rating. Uh, the next film on the list, All the President's Men. All the President's Men, uh, do you believe that this is timeless? Is it timeless? Um, it's a classic film. It is a classic film. It um, It's timeless because it will always represent an era in time that this was significant, that, that, that to, our significant history, to our history yeah. that nobody can ever get away from. I think it's timeless. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it also, like, it's a pretty long movie. But uh, so fuck that, man. No, no, no. Take that shit off our and list. No, as, as far as far as you know, like holding it up to sort of more modern standards, that should be our sixth finger. <laughs> is it long? Is it is it over long? Um, it it uh it actually like it keeps giving you more and more information. It doesn't feel like it it's dragging that entire time, you know. And and I think that's something that in in more modern cinema, like you try to keep it a little more more swift it's not quite as tight as you know like really new movies but it doesn't feel like it just drags on and drags on and drags on yeah um and you're pretty invested from from the jump partially because you know that like oh this shit really went down <laughs> but yeah. they're, they're sort of like investigating and trying to uncover who was connected to what and stuff 
and the way that they've they structured it because it's like invest, investigative journalism it keeps your attention um the entire time and i think for that alone it helps it stay timeless you know as oftentimes when when a movie is is dated you get pulled out of it not just because of the aesthetic but because the pacing is completely from a different era and you're just like i, I can't continue to focus on this film you know like if we go back f- enough and we get into sort of like the 40s or or whatever there's a very specific pacing that those movies have and you kind of have to just ride that wave yeah, to stay engaged in, but they were filming they the way they made films they were trying to film a a broadway play like that's kind of yeah. their their thing they didn't get when what this era that we're talking about right now the 70s they actually developed movies as an art form right i mean that's what that whole school of the guys were talking about the right. um even you know George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, these guys that came out at this time, they they knew of the art form. You know, Francis Ford Coppola, as much as I don't like him as his arrogance, he did he was one of the people that came out and was like all about movie as an art form. Right. So, I mean, that's why when you first watch The Godfather, you watch it for 25 minutes before you realize you're watching an Italian wedding because right. there's like no real dialogue between anybody. Right. He just starts filming people and you're like, "What the hell am I watching?" And they they, they borrowed from the best of, you know, that golden era um you know where like the symbolisms the you know the using the camera as you know a way to create tension or whatever like the stuff that was sporadic in the really great films of the previous era these filmmakers that came up in through the 70s um you, you know we like we went through like the 60s experimental sort of cinema phase, we get into the 70s, they start really using those tools out of a, you know, like out of a bag almost and being able to sort of craft their stories in a more deliberate way. And I think All, all the President's Men is is an example of, of that. You know, like they're, they're able to sort of keep you engaged uh, in a story that's about writing. <laughs> you know? Well, this story's like, going on to the next one. This story is incredibly compelling. Yeah, it's incredibly compelling. It's one. It's a very compelling story, and yeah, I could go through the whole list real quick and just go. It is such a compelling story. I would recommend this to anybody. That if you haven't seen all the presidents, men, you should ha- you should see it because it's a timeless classic. It is. That I, I agree. See. The, the story is really compelling. I mean, aside from the fact that you know when you view it, especially years later, and you realize this shit really happened. Like, holy fuck, this was our country. Um, I think it's it's and besides the graduate, Dustin Hoffman is kind of this kind of makes him. This is something that really is part of his portfolio, as you always refer back to. Yeah, this is right. this is a Dustin Hoffman movie that this really is, brings him into this is a, this is a, a really like pivotal year for him, uh, or this this era in in general is is where he's really finding you know the real sort of meat of of his prowess as an actor. Meat of his prowess. I, that's not a term like that, that anybody that uses, a, but, you know, hashtag meat of his prowess. Meat of his prowess. You know, I'm going to hashtag that right fucking now. <laughs> Nobody uses that. Uh, was the movie well cast? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. it's It's got not just an all-star cast, but um, just heavy hitter actors in it. Um, and they all put on just a tour de force. You know, How do you spell prowess? Prow- I have no idea. It's P-R-O-W-I-S. <laughs> w, I think maybe. Prow- okay. Prowess. W U S, maybe? I, I don't know. Prowess. 
Prowess. Right. Two S's. Two S's. Hashtag meat of his prowess. Meat the, of his prowess. The real meat of his prowess. I love, being, I love being embarrassed on social media. Thank you, Jeff. No, no problem. <laughs> and hashtag sex and sex in the city. Mannequins. In the city. <laughs> Mannequins. Moving on through our metric. Does this movie hold up to multiple viewings? It does. I, I think it really does. Um, I think I actually watched this just for this, you know, just getting ready for this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it really does hold up to multiple viewings. I think you can watch this movie. Um, I mean, it is a heavier movie. It's something that's more an adult movie. Yeah. But I think it does hold up to multiple multiple viewings. I am a little more slanted because I like historical things. Sure. But I, I think it does hold up to multiple viewings. I think because this one isn't like... It, it's It's interesting. Like, it doesn't really play... Because when they made this film, they didn't really have all the pieces. This movie is about like uncovering the conspiracy of mm-hmm. it. Um, that you know, like something like Titanic, which is another historical film that we talked about last time. You, you know, you go into that movie, and there's no surprise that this boat is going to crack. So the appeal of that movie is like, well, how are they going to recreate that? How convincingly are they going to make the boat split in half and sink yes. in, into the ocean? It's not really about the historical event. You don't really care about the historical event. You 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 know you care about I mean kind of um, you know the love story and then you care about how well they're going to do visual effects. It doesn't really sweep you into like feeling like you know you're in the middle of some shit. You know, uh, all the president's men does like it really engages you as as a viewer. Like all right, let's figure out you, you know who was doing this, and it's this real life political thriller. That you know, it actually happened, and it doesn't matter if you know sort of the outcome. Seeing them uncover those pieces is what's the significant part of why it's compelling, why you want to watch it, and that's you know why you can watch it over and over again because the sort of outcome, uh, the real event outcome, isn't as important when you're watching it. Seeing their journey is is what's the compelling part. So yeah, absolutely, you can watch it multiple times and, and enjoy it every time. I've seen it multiple times. And it's one of those movies too, where like if there's nothing that I can agree on Netflix wise or whatever, I'll just be like, you know what, I'm gonna watch the uh, All know, the President's Men again. It's weird because when I watch movies, I actually look at movies that way. A lot of times, I can't just watch a movie that I've never seen before. It kind of takes me a little bit of time to watch one of those movies. I have to kind of gear up for it. Sure, so I have. That's why my cue in anything, mm-hmm. Hulu, Amazon Prime, iTunes, my cue for any of the movies that I have is stacked with movies that I haven't seen. But I can always go back to those movies that I've seen a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And there's always those movies that I go back to and watch all the time. Yeah. Like Sahara. Sahara. <laughs> yeah, well, you know you know, either... No joke. I friggin' love that movie. It's a fun ride. I it's a, love it's that a movie. fun ride. You, you either know that you you can sort of shut off and just enjoy the movie. Um, God or, damn, that's a good movie. Or you know, like like all the president's men is one of those where like I know it's going to be a good watch. Yeah, and I actually you think know. the same thing about a movie similar to that, which I've mentioned already, The Paper. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I love that movie. I can watch that. It's got Randy Quaid, and who is now insane. He is. He's absolutely insane. Bad shit, crazy. <laughs> Randy, Randy Quaid, Quaid and uh, and Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is one of my favorite actors next to Jeff Jeff Goldblum. Uh-huh. But it's got those two in it. It's a great movie, and I can watch it anytime. Sure. 
Uh, last on this, um, would you recommend All the President's Men? Absolutely. I've already said. I said I'd recommend it because it's a compelling story. It's a great cast. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty short list of Robert Redford movies that I would like tell people, okay, if you want to get into Robert Redford. You're not into Robert Redford? I know. I love Robert Redford. Oh, okay. No, no, no. The, the like absolutely need to watch. I can I can compile a, a short list of Robert Redford you know, movies that just sort of encompass kind of everything he is. Oddly enough, I can't stand the Butch Cassidy and Sunday Next Kid. I think that's one of them. Name. That's an awesome movie. You like that? I love that I movie. I can't stand that movie. No? Not really. No. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lame. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, like to uh, en- encompass his his sort of uh, his full cinema career, it's, yeah, it's his, like Spy yeah. Game. Oh, God, Spy Game's so good. Spy Game, Butch Cassidy and Sunday's Kid, and All the President's Men are like my short list of like, if you want to like know Robert Redford... Watch those three films, and and you you'll be set. Not and, uh, and then, Last Castle. Well, no, <laughs> no. Or the, I don't or, like that movie. Or what was the the Shia LaBeouf movie that he did where they were spies in the they were like I don't know. He did this movie with Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. You're not talking about one with River Phoenix, right? Uh. Uh-uh. Sneakers with River. Phoenix? No, no. Th- this was a fairly recent movie where they were like part of. This not they weren't they weren't like spies. They, well, sneakers they were like, is a great movie. They were like sleeper cells for something, and Shia LaBeouf uncovers these people. I don't know. It, it's it was, not Eagle Eye, right? No, 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 no. It, it was so it's later Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it, it was a Shia LaBeouf. I Nobody saw this movie, so I don't even know why I'm arguing it. Um, so that gives all the presidents' men a perfect score. Yeah, yeah, it gets a five. And rightfully so. It's a really, really good film. It's a fantastic movie. All right. A movie that I didn't see, that I, I read a lot about, but I think we should kind of skip. Which movie is it? Bound for Bound, Glory? Bound for Glory. The, uh, okay, let's the, go. Here, I'll go Woody, real quick. Let me see it. You've seen this? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Hold on. Let me get you back. There you go. Okay. Uh, this movie, to me, is not very timeless because it's about... Um, Woody Guthrie. Mm. And I mean, it's a it's a period piece. So it's a period piece, but I don't usually believe, those are pretty timeless. But but um, well, it does have an impact. If you look at thinking about timeless, does have an impact on the current culture today as mm-hmm. as much as it did in the time before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I don't think the person they're talking about has still has an impact. So I don't think it affects our time as much as it did the time that it was made. Yeah, I, I think it's, it like, everything I've read about it, like, the story of him feels very much like a 70s theme, that, like, yeah. folk music, you know, travel in the country and talking to, you know, blue-collar workers. Ro- and Rocky you know. did more to affect the everyman than this movie did. Yeah, uh, when, and Ro- Rocky feels like um, it's eraless, this, that story, you, you know. Yeah, this one is not. Um, does the story compelling? I mean, it's a compelling story. Okay, so it gets a finger for compelling. Gets a finger. Uh, was the movie well cast? I mean, it's got David Carradine. David Carradine. He's hit and miss. It's an okay. By all know. accounts, he's good in this film. I, I don't know. The only movie I've ever seen him where I thought he was just absolutely fantastic was Kill Bill. He's great in Kill Bill. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. I want to make I want to make sandwiches the way he makes sandwiches in Kill Bill. <laughs> I, I I I legit want to have a giant knife and make sandwiches the way he does it in Kill Bill. It is fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
The movie does not hold up to multiple viewings. I think it's a boring movie. Well, it's hard to hold up to multiple viewings because you can't see this movie anywhere you right now. You can buy now. it. You can buy it on Amazon. Uh, the DVD? Yeah. Do they even put DVD. it on DVD? I don't know. <laughs> you can only get a VHS. It only comes in Betamax. I still watch VHS. Do you have you have a way to watch VHS? Yes. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend this movie? I would not. So we'll oh, give it... One finger. We'll give it the finger. Ooh, we got We're the giving finger. Bound for Glory the finger. <laughs> okay, right, so, so moving sorry, on to the Bound next for Glory. one. I'm so, uh, you're probably a better film than that. I'm not sorry. Yeah. All right. Bound for Glory gets a, a one. All right. Next on this list is a, is a movie that uh, is, is really good, but also kind of weird it's it's an odd film because it's a it's an like a this exaggerated caricature of television studio executives this is but i want to say done, this is a great movie done in in a grounded way i, I don't know it, it's weird like the it's it's teetering on melodrama there's a lot of like like yelling this movie scenes is satire it's absolutely satire yeah the movie is satire, and but it's a way of showing how crazy network but it's not cable funny. news because <laughs> this this movie has been well. It kind of is funny. It is kind of funny, but it's done in a it's, uh, it's an Andy Kaufman kind of way. Yeah, it's sort of a huh, funny, not a laugh out loud. Funny. Yeah, it's one where you look back on it. So yeah. it's a it's a movie that's done in a way to show this is right at the at the genesis of cable news, right. It's right when all the networks are competing for news channels to have ratings. Right. News was no longer about giving out the information. This is the time when news started to being started being about ratings. Right. This is a satire basically about how about how what how far the networks would go to get ratings on their news channels. We should probably mention the name. It's Network. Um it's it's really sleek and even like I was surprised when I watched this film uh, at how um, unique some of the the way they shot it was. You, you know, I was really surprised at, at how how much this film you know looked to be like inspiring future filmmakers. You know, because I didn't expect it to have that kind of stuff in it. And we have to we have to remind everybody that this film won. Almost everything. It won. Um, it won best actor, best actress. It won best best actress. Um, supporting actress went to network. Supporting actress. You know, um, and then um, screenplay went to network. Best screenplay. Yeah, yeah. and it's screenplay. it's an it's a wonderfully written film. Should we should we rate it? Yeah, that would be good. Okay, is it timeless? It's weird because they bring up a lot of very specific things of the era in this movie. But watching it from, you know, removed out of time, it feels like a modern movie doing seventies TV. You know what I mean? Because it's so sure. it's so sharp and so well produced and and well done that it feels like a period piece. Even though I don't it think this movie's done, timeless. I don't think it's. Imp- I don't think it's. A, I don't think you can be a timeless movie because it's so topical for the time. Mm, okay. I think if you are going to do this movie, um. And make it timeless. You would have to do it as a period piece, mm-hmm. so that it did not age. Oh, Ron Burgundy! 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot of movies has redone this exact same plot. Uh-huh. Or not exact same, but they've redone similar, similar things and updated their updated the movie. Um, so wouldn't that make it timeless? Well, no, oh, this, movie, this specifically, movie specifically. Yeah, this movie specifically, specific, I don't be think updated. it's timeless because it was so topical for the time. That's why I don't think it is trans. It is transcended the transcended the uh, time the um, timeless generations. Okay. So I don't think if anybody saw it, if if people start watching it today, I think it would be like a good movie from the seventies. I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. gonna look at it and go, "Man, this is a great movie." They're gonna say, "This is a good movie from seventies. It's a good seventies movie." Uh, it's like I see where you're coming from. I disagree. It's it gets a half point. <laughs> How about is it compelling? It's very compelling. Yeah, all, all all character lines are very compelling throughout this movie too. Uh, was it well cast? Um. Yes, I think every person in this film knocks it out the park. Yeah, I think some of the people are a little bit seventies ish. Somebody's had the somebody's <laughs> had the had the uh, the problem of having people that were over actors. I think they, uh-huh. up until this point, you had from like the beginning, the dawn of the film era until this point, and people are just overacting a lot. I think that stops around this time, but you still have some people in the background that are like, "Hey, Jimmy, I'm here to do." You have all those people <laughs> in the in this movie. You still have some of those people. So yes or no? Um, I think uh, I guess. You can so that's I mean, a, well that's a no half point. But how can I argue with the fact that like every person in this movie was either nominated or won for best actor or best supporting actor? That's what I'm saying. So, so no full point. Yes, yes, full point. Full point. So we got. Wait, let's go over this guy because I'm I'm getting lost. It's half timeless. It's compelling and it's well cast. It's two and a half so far. I said it wasn't timeless. Yeah, two and a half. It's you ha- said you said it's timeless. Half timeless. Yeah, I think it's I think it's timeless. Really? Okay. I, I, yeah. The last time I saw this movie, I was like, "Fuck, this is a great movie." I don't. That's okay. Where are we at? So we've got timeless, half point, compelling, compelling, one full one. finger. Uh, is the movie well cast? Two full fingers. Uh, does the movie hold up to multiple viewings? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I, absolutely. It, this is one of those movies where after I finish watching it, I have this urge to want to watch it again. You know, yes, I agree. It's, it's one of those those movies. Um, <clears throat> and would you recommend this movie? I would recommend this movie. Yeah, I would recommend the movie. It's fine, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Honestly, I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend the movie. But I would recommend the movie. Actually, no, never mind. I recommend. I recommended this movie two days ago. <laughs> so, so yes, I would. I would recommend the movie. I got an argument with somebody about 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 movies, and then I actually recommended this movie two days ago. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I this is one of those movies that not a lot of like it it doesn't get a lot of love as time goes on like it, it's becoming more and more forgotten and so it would definitely be one of those movies where like okay let's keep this movie alive you gotta see this movie because it's really good you know and it it, it sort of tells you something about our society that they were talking about back then that still kind of rings true now, which is significant. Well, then we should actually start a hashtag, keep network alive. Keep network alive. Hashtag. Hashtag keep network. Keep viewing. Hashtag sex in the city mannequins. Hashtag meat of his prowess. Meat of his prowess. And hashtag keep, keep network, network alive. alive. <clears throat> All right, next movie. Uh, it got four and a half, by the way. Okay, that's, that's the same as Rocky, actually. It is the same as Rocky. Mm. Uh, taxi driver. 
this is gonna be tough. Oh, gonna be I tough. love tough. this movie. I know we're gonna we're gonna battle. All right, let's go. Let's go. I, <laughs> this movie. Let's not spend too much time battling. Let's just go. I okay. I talked at length I think in part one about um, all I think of is neighbors when I think of this movie now, <laughs> and Zac Efron. <laughs> In that bald cap thing yeah, that he's wearing, yeah, coming up from the window. <laughs> uh, great movie, great performances. Uh, is it timeless? Does it hold up? Yes, absolutely. This is a classic. It's a classic. It's classic. I can't take anything away from it. It's classic. Yeah. Uh, is this story compelling? Yes. Yeah, I, I I defy you to get twenty minutes into this film and want to turn it off. Now. If you say it in that way, I would say actually I would turn it off in twenty minutes of the movie. But really, yeah. Why? I don't know. It's something about the movie that I just I don't like watching it. I, I don't know. I don't. Hmm. It's. I don't know. It. I've told you before. I don't like this movie. It's like okay, I gotcha. He's going crazy. It's a great way. It's great acting for him. It's it's awesome. But why is he doing this? Because he's he's an obsessive personality, like he gets fixated, and he wants to. He thinks it's his duty to you know like cleanse the fucking planet. I know, but it's just I don't know it. Mental illness, man. It never really has a rhyme or reason. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I it's a tough tough watch for me. It it is it is an anxious movie to watch. I, I can see what, what you're saying, but uh, would you still give it a compelling? It's a compelling story. Oh, okay. Um, was the movie well cast? Of course. Yeah. De Niro, Foster. I mean, Foster, she shows at 12 how amazing she's going to be for the rest of her career. In the same way for me that, yeah, like you said, DiCaprio and Gilbert Grape, like you watch this movie and you're like, damn, this kid's going to do some shit, you know? Um, does the movie hold up to multiple viewings? Nope. Not for you. <laughs> Not for Jeff. Nope. <laughs> I don't think it's a multiple viewing movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen this movie uh, multiple times, and it, I, I don't think it's a movie that people watch all the time. I think it's a movie people will always say they love, but I don't think they watch it at home. It, it's it's they mo- go home and watch Weekend at Bernie's. This <laughs> is not the multiple viewing movie that, that they watch. I mean, for for me, like every few years, I get this like wild hair to like revisit classic movies in cinema but you're a cinema fan i know i'm kind of an anomaly there so like to me i I don't know multiple viewings yes but i think people (laughs) in general maybe i'm just a cynic i think people in general (laughs) don't watch classic films people don't go home and yeah i i hope our podcast helps change that because god damn it watch this movie okay (laughs) since we've been doing this so many people have come up to me and told me on the street you know because they recognize our faces now right you know, being that we're on a podcast, yeah, yeah. podcast, you know, got but a face for podcast. So many people walk up to us, shut <laughs> on the street, yeah, and tell me how they've never seen a lot of these movies. Sure, actually, I do get that a lot. Yeah, that that a lot of these movies we talked about that are classics, mm-hmm. they haven't seen, and it surprises me because most of these movies we talk about, I just assume everybody's seen. Sure. I think a lot of them too, especially ones that get nominated for Academy Awards more often than not are ones that like um, are the most talked about kind of films and you know there's a lot of pop culture references and stuff and I think there's a lot of people that 
say that they've seen <laughs> certain movies because they know enough about it to like fake it in conversation. Um, and then just sort of adopt the, the sort of like, Oh, I love that film. <laughs> but have you know, only seen clips on YouTube or whatnot. Or just know from pop culture, you can fake it by just seeing pop culture references. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can like, I mean, I have never seen the big Lebowski. Sure. But because I've now granted everyone is probably like, <gasps> yeah, hold, hold for the gasp. <laughs> I've never seen the big Lebowski, but if I was to go on, if I was to talk to somebody, I could so fake it. Yeah. I could so fake it just talking to someone and being like, oh, the Big Lebowski. Oh, you mean, I love that film. Right. You mean the one with uh, John Goodman? Yeah. And dude, I could, the dude, you know, I could totally yeah. fake, and I've never seen it in my life. Right. Yeah, there's enough memes and, yep. you know, enough uh, TV shows have talked about it and shown you enough clips. I dedicated the damn podcast yeah, last did. week to it. <clears throat> I've never even seen the movie. Sam Elliott is such a small little part in that movie. <laughs> well, honestly, that that pod, that uh, dedication came from you. But you have seen The Big Lebowski. I have multiple times. It's, yeah. it's a really great movie. I gotta see it. You you should. I, th- there's a. Uh, it's quirky. I mean, if you if you're not a fan of the Coen Brothers, <laughs> in general, uh, you'll be real turned off. Um, no man, Raising Arizona is a great fucking movie. See, I yeah, I think I think you'd like it. There's there's also like there's really good snappy dialogue in it, and uh, it's about bowling. <laughs> like they love bowling, but they're so uninterested in bowling in this movie. See, but that's the thing. The Big but they Lebowski. Care, they, they care a lot about it. Kingpin, the kind of movie you go home and watch. I don't think people go home and watch Taxi Driver. Well, they should. You know what I mean? They should. And I'm recommending it to everybody right now. If you haven't seen Taxi so, Driver, bringing it back, yeah. that's the kind of it's not does not hold up to me for multiple multiple viewings. viewings. Okay, half half a finger. Uh, would you recommend Taxi Driver? I, I don't know. I would, I would say probably no. If you, I wouldn't. If you don't care to watch it a second Plus time, it's a little. It's a little now. They had different rule laws back then. Yeah. It's a. It's one thing people don't approach with this movie is that Jodie Foster was literally twelve. Yeah. It's a little weird watching Jodie Foster play the part she plays when she actually was twelve in the movie. Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a bit of that. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't ever really cross the line that like, like Brooke Shields in um, Island of the Blue, the Blue Lagoon, Blue, or the Blue Lagoon, yeah, uh, crosses where she's like nude as a minor in in a movie which is like ugh. yeah i think she was was she 15 or 17 uh i think she may have been 16 or 17 when, when she did that movie yeah still man she's under 18 how are they well i don't understand how they were allowed the the directors and producers were allowed to get away with that at that time i i don't have an answer for that yeah i, I don't know <clears throat> um y- y- you know I, I don't know. There's a bit of that, but the, the film... Well, what did we give that one? I mean, well, I would definitely recommend the movie. Um, so it got one, two, three full fingers. It and got four. And two half fingers, so a four. A four. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to... That's okay. You're just shit, shitting on my, shitting on I my movies. I didn't mean to shit on your taxi driver. Uh, so that, that concludes uh, our regular nominees. Um, going through our alternates, we can kind of go a little faster through our alternates. Um, the first one, let's do uh, it. Marathon Man. Let's do it. Mar- Marathon Man. Great movie. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, Roy Scheider, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier. Is it timeless? Is it timeless? Eh. 
Um, we gotta vet our. We gotta vet our. Uh, it's our alternates if they don't hold up. It's it's one of those movies mm, that is. I don't think it's timeless. I don't think this movie's timeless. All right, half half a point. Okay, what's the next one? Um, th- there's there's nothing specific about that that movie that feel aside from Dustin Hoffman's hair. You know, his hair is pretty pretty seventies in this movie. It is pretty seventies in this movie. It always reminds me of Willy Wonka. You know the scene where the kid is getting like, getting like uh, when Mike TV is getting put into small pieces. Sure. You know that scene. This movie always reminds me of that. What? <laughs> because he kind of wears like a similar suit. Oh yeah, like his yeah. And not, the, the, not the, the camera shots are kind of similar to that scene to the way they're shot in Willy Wonka. It just it's reminds right. me of that. That's that's weird. Um, it's not weird. <laughs> Uh, is the story compelling? You're weird. What is the story what? compelling? Um, like he he uh, he's you know he's a graduate student working on his PhD uh, in history. He's he's you know struggling with trying to sort of uh, like their father committed suicide because he he got wrapped up in the McCarthy hearings. So f- when do they Nazis. see the talking dolphin? <laughs> they don't. They don't at all. There's no talking okay. dolphin. But when do they get on the on the the submarine. They don't. No, they don't. There's no submarine. Oh, fuck. But he, he like, Dustin Hoffman has this idea of what his world is, and then his world gets completely turned inside out when his brother dies, and he it gets. And revealed the brother to is him. Jonathan Brandis. No, no. The brother okay. is Roy Scheider. Oh, but he's the head of the he's submarine. He's the head of Sequest. Yes. Um. So seeing Dustin Hoffman deal with like his entire world you know, completely spinning into something like everything he knew was a, was a lie. When does he get zapped into tiny little pieces and put into a candy bar? Um, he doesn't. Okay. It's a completely different film. Okay. Yeah. Um, he runs a lot in, in central park in this movie. Okay. <laughs> so what's on our metric? Um, is it timeless? We, we talked about that. You said no, I didn't say, I just don't know if it's going to be a timeless film. But you know what? Fuck it. Yes. It, <laughs> Let's give it a finger. Okay. One one finger for timeless. Yes. Is the story compelling? Oh, I think I think it's, we, I, think I, it's a, I you know what? After you've convinced me, it is a compelling story. See, I'm not going to give it compelling because no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, is the movie well cast? Yes, it's well cast. For the most part. Dude, it's got it's got Jonathan Brandis in it. It doesn't have Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> it's got um, a talking fucking dolphin. Yeah, th- there's a... Uh, it's well cast. It's fine. It's it's well cast. Does the movie hold up to multiple viewings? I don't think it holds up to multiple viewings. I think this is... Okay, this is where I would say this is a severely dated film, and I, I wouldn't watch it more, more than once. Um, This movie, t- to me, helps uh sort of define modern sort of like political thrillers or like spy, not spy thrillers, but like, yeah, but okay. But I know there's some of the stuff that it does in this movie is, is like, yeah, but with multiple viewings, dude, I want to, I I want, you got to get through that and just think like, dude, if you're just chilling, would you watch the movie? It's, I wouldn't. It's one that if it came on cable, I would totally watch. If it was on cable, I'd be like, dude, this looks like Adam 12. I'm going (laughs) to, (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna watch something else. All right, half point. Half point. Uh, would you recommend this movie? I mean, I'd recommend it if I was. Uh, I-, I would recommend it like, hey, if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of my way. I would not. So no. I would say you should watch 
all the president's men. Yeah. Fucking Rocky. Like those those for sure. I don't think I would recommend this movie. Okay, then we're in agreement. I, I mean, you know, they're only for like, hey, Roy Scheider should have been Bond. Check him out in the first half of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't As see him in spy, that, see him in Sequest. You know, yeah, right, yeah. Just just go, just skip right over Jaws. Don't even fuck with Jaws. No. Just go right to Sequest. Um, yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend this movie as somebody like, or like if somebody was like, oh, I've never seen Mar- Marathon Man, I, I wouldn't be like, what? You know, so I, I don't think I can, I can count in my heart of hearts fully on that. So no points for that. Half a point there. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, that's about right for... No, I, th- I thought I might get a four, no, but you know, three. three <laughs> you know what though? It's Marathon Man. I don't know when I when I think about that movie, I don't really, I don't really think of it, it's beating Rocky or All the President's Men or Taxi Driver, any of those. I agree. So, um, I really think this. This I just needed one to fill in for Bound for Glory because I'd never seen it. <laughs> Bound for Glory. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, Carrie. Is Fuck, it, this is a good movie. Is it timeless? I think it's timeless. I think this story is great. I would say that it's timeless. The evidence for it being timeless, besides John Travolta, the remakes that have happened like- is the the remake that they just did, not great. Carrie still great. There, I, when you watch yes. them side by side, and they're basically the same fucking movie. Yeah, one is not good, one is fantastic. The one that's fantastic is the older movie. Also, Carrie was so creepy that Sissy Spacek, when I see her, still creeps me, creeps out? me the fuck out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you, I think you watch you watch your tone around Sissy Spacek. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, a point for for timeless. Uh, is the story compelling? Yeah, I think it's a very compelling story. I think that's what makes it more than just a horror film because you're you're thinking you you get into her head, you get into the problems behind her. Yeah, it's not just a Mike Myers, even though Mike Myers is a great film. When. It's yeah. it's a it's a film about her life and what uh-huh. is going on and what what leads her to do the th- awful things she does in the end. It's it's an incredible ad for not bullying campaigns. It actually is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when when uh, like you you sort you feel sorry for her uh, going along, and then when those fucking gym doors slam shut after she's got she's been drenched. But with you the, still the feel blood. you still oh, rooting no, no, for her. No, absolutely. But when when those fucking doors slam shut, you're like, oh. Shit! Like, yeah. you are—it's you're locked in. This is to the that only movie, thriller where you pun. where you are rooting for the killer. Yeah. Okay. This would be like Murder if you watch The Shining. <laughs> if you watch The Shining and you were like, you're like Johnny, kill them all. Like that's yeah. that's what you want. But you you don't root for him in that movie. No, you don't. No, <laughs> no. But in Carrie, you do. Yeah. You're like Carrie, kill them all. Yeah. You you. It's uh. It's really awesome the way they've made. What should be a sort of monster or villain in a movie, the most compelling character of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was the movie well cast? I think, like we said, Sissy Spacek, the rest of the characters were not needed to be... I can't give it to it. Well, I, what I'm saying is that you didn't need to have other characters to be... I think the mom was well cast. She's great. But you didn't need the other characters to be anything other than bitchy high school girls. You didn't need them to be depth. You didn't need a lot of depth in their character because they don't have a lot of character other than being bitchy girls. I guess, but... Sissy Spacek was the one that needed to be cast. and She was cast so well. She's still scary. 
she is. They, they have actors though that are in two completely different movies. In this movie, there's what? like yeah, like John Travolta and all of those people are in like just a sort of shitty teen drama or comedy or whatever. You know, like they're just in like like something of that caliber and then sissy spacek and like the lady that plays her mom and <clears throat> you know even her best friend they're in a completely different movie and sissy spacek does such a great job being so carry <laughs> in this movie that <clears throat> you know and and the way they shoot it and you know like the way you feel sorry for her draws you all you know completely back into this movie but I, I am not 100% on this cast. Well, that's okay. So we can... Half, half point. We half point. And I know, you know, John Travolta, even though I like him in, you know, Pulp Fiction and in a few movies, he wasn't the best in all of them. I mean... Nope. You know, he did some good movies in the 70s. He did Urban Cowboy and he did... Actually, that was in his early 80s. But he did a lot of good movies. But I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. Half point. Uh, does this movie hold up to multiple viewings? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the Halloween fucking thriller, man. It's one of the best, one of the best movies. Uh, that's like the suspense thriller, fuck you, paranormal. So it's like it's it's awesome. Um, would you recommend this film? Absolutely. If someone didn't see Carrie, I'd be like, you need to go see that movie. Mm-hmm. That's scary, especially if it was especially in October. I'd be like, you need to go see Carrie. Yeah, this is definitely for the season uh, of Halloween. Yeah, you should go see this movie. Yeah. But it it you don't need to be in like scary movie mode to see this movie because it's not a slasher film. It's not like a no. And you well, know, it's pretty slasher. They've remade this film. It's pretty and, gory towards the end. Yeah, but they've remade this film, and every time they do that, I always go, you know what? You got to see the original. Yeah. So I would say that I you know, I would say the only version of Carrie you need to see is the original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so one, two, three, four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, all right. Uh, last movie we're going to talk about is The Last Tycoon. Last Tycoon. So this movie. Hmm. This movie is a romantic movie. It's a movie about love. Well, it's also about this sort of uh, guy who can't keep up with the changes of an industry you know just like he's the last he's the last of the tycoons you know he's he's of a of a bygone era and he doesn't want to let it go and so um you know the industry sort of consumes him and spits him out you know um it's got a it's got a pretty good cast and i suppose we'll, we'll get to it but it's is the movie considered timeless I mean, nobody wanted to see it in '76. Mm. Yeah, and they, and Corey, you were right. They redid it um, with Matt Bomer playing mm-hmm. playing Robert De Niro's part uh-huh. on Amazon Prime, so it's out right now. I, well, I don't. I think they only did one season, and they canceled it. Yeah, but it it's yeah, out it's, avail- now. it's available now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's out now. And um, Matt Bomer is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. He's been in some great movies. Um, so that sucks if they re- if they've canceled it. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that Kelsey Grammer plays. Oh, Kelsey Grammer, not. I think I I called it uh, Jeff Daniels before. Uh, Kelsey Grammer <laughs> is two is in this movie. Yeah. Considerably different people. They are very different. But I, um, I haven't seen the show, so I I don't know. I, oh, I'm I'm assuming that Kelsey Grammer plays um, uh, what's called 
um, Robert Mitchum's part. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Um, is it, is it timeless? I wouldn't say it's timeless. I, I wouldn't give it timeless necessarily. I cool. mean, it, it's a period piece. Yeah. Um, so, well, it, you know what? The, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it now any, ma- any English majors out there would say this. I wouldn't consider great Gatsby timeless either. I think the great Gatsby is so fucking dated. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it is of an era. <laughs> That's yeah. I true. mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, I feel like the, the theme that they're getting into here is timeless. I think the tone in which they tell it is not for this particular movie, which sort of pulls it out of, of timeless. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So let's do the, uh, right. um, what's the next one? Uh, is the story compelling? I think the story is compelling. It's a good, it's a good, um, adaptation. Uh, by all accounts, it's a very, um, true adaptation of, uh, well, it can't be exactly true because the original novel was never finished. Well, it was kind of finished, um, by using the notes that Fitzgerald had left behind, but I mean, he it was, and never... so like the the remainder of the movie or excuse, of the novel kind of gets tied together based off of what his notes were. The movie, yeah, I mean that that storyline is is compelling. I'll, I'll I'll give it that. Uh, was the movie well cast? This movie is deep. This movie cast. is so well cast. This movie stars Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson, Robert Mitchum. Tony Curtis. Uh, yeah, it's it's got some some great great actors in it. They do a, a good job acting in it. The, the, nobody really like phones it in in this movie. You know, too bad they didn't make any money off it. Oh, yeah, no, nobody watched it. Um, Hopefully, they got paid well with it. Does the movie hold up to multiple viewings? Um, I guess if this is your thing, I think I don't think it's a. I don't know. I don't think it's that kind of movie. They, look, Hollywood makes a lot of movies about making movies in Hollywood. You can kind of just move on to the next one <laughs> and kind of get the same shit that they all get. This kind of falls into here's, the category. Here's the thing know, to like, me. In our in our know. metric, this is why I like I love this part of the, the I love this part of the metric, which is the multiple viewings mm-hmm. part. Because not a lot of movies fall into this. There are so many movies where you see it once. It's the great equalizer, man. And you go, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Move on. Yeah. Do you need to see it again? You know. And this is one of those movies. I don't need to see it again. Yeah. I. I'm not. Not that compelled to to watch it a no, second time. No. I mean, time. there's so many movies where you see it once, you go, ah, I saw that once. That's it was fun. good. Yeah. You know. Um. Okay. So no points there. Would you recommend this movie? Is this some nope. movie that somebody has to see? Nope. Yeah, I would agree. It, it's not one that everybody has to see, but it is a compelling story. Like, if you're interested in seeing it. Worth the watch, but you know. All right. Well, this was a, a poor suggestion as an alternate because it got two fingers. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know, it looked good on paper. It did. It did. It had a good cast. It really looked good on paper. It's a, an adapt. You know, a, adapted from from a good source material. It looked like, good on yeah. screen too. Yeah. It just it just doesn't hold up to our metric. That's why our metric is so scientific. Right? It's science. You can't argue it. All right. Scores are in. The scores are in. We're going to find out uh, who should have rightfully won the Academy Award. It might still go to Rocky. I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Scores. Rocky got. Last place. 
Hold on. Oh, you want to go that way? Yeah, yeah. You we'll, gonna do we'll, that? We'll work you, up to the highest score. So you could do that. Last place, Bound for Glory, one finger. <laughs> they got the finger. Sorry. One. We don't say one finger here. They got. The, they got the finger. The finger. Uh, the Roy Schneider. <laughs> the they, Roy Schneider. They got the Roy Schneider. Uh, with two points uh, coming in above that is the Last Tycoon. Last Tycoon got two fingers. And then Marathon Man at three, three and a half fingers. Three and a half fingers. I think we should take away that half, but nope. three and a half fingers. It earned it. Oh, yeah, scientific. We can't argue with scientific, science. Scientific, it earned it. Uh, then we have Taxi Driver at four, which I think is underscored. Four fingers. It is science. It's underscored. It is science. It's science. And then we start getting into, there's three movies that have four and a half fingers, uh, and that's Carrie, Network, and Rocky. Carrie, Network, and Rocky all earned four and a half fingers. So we got a three-way tie there. Three-way tie. Science does not lie. But there is one movie that got a perfect score. Fuck. And tops them all. All the President's Men? All the President's Men <sighs> should have won this motherfucking Oscar. So according to us, the Oscars... Messed up. They messed up. You got to switch the envelope. Academy. If you're listening, of course they're listening. The Academy. Yeah, every voter revoke, listens to this. Revoke the Oscar from Rocky and walk right over and hand it to whoever made All the President's Men. <laughs> Look, when, when you nominate a Best Picture, it's nobody you know. It's a producer. <laughs> All right. Well, the envelope has been switched, which means that there's only one thing left to do, Jeff. There is only one thing left to do. What do we got to do? Today, we're going to dedicate this podcast to the star of the 1976 movie Lifeguard. <laughs> this actor played the role of Rick. Rick, the lifeguard. <laughs> we're going to dedicate this podcast. <laughs> Rick is in his 30s, but he still works as a lifeguard full time on the beaches of Los Angeles, California. <laughs> This movie was PG, but it was some R-rated fun. We're going to dedicate this podcast to the one and only Sam Elliott. <laughs> I'm sure he had his shirt off most of this movie. <laughs> it was just like must, bet he had mustache a, and pecs. It was all, all mustache and all pecs. Mustache and pecs. That's all this movie is. This one's for you, Rick. <laughs> Rick, this one's for you. Following's been a Riff Laugh production.
The following has been a Riff Laugh production.